let's fly through these next four since you've already said that they're not as good as the first three. We better pack All right, them great. In there. So number four, Broad Worldview. Uh, number five, no, just kidding. Uh, broad Worldview. Yeah. So this one's yours. What, what do you mean by Broad Worldview? So I think this this is having the habit of. Uh, developing the habit of looking at the world as the glass is half full as opposed to half mm. empty. That the world is looking at the world in an expansive way, in that you're from a cultural standpoint, from a musical standpoint, from an artistic standpoint. So you're, um, there's other ways of thinking besides how you're thinking. We are not robots that can only do things one way. You know, you're interested in philosophy and how to improve and, and, and what you can learn from things that are not just within the jazz world. And so this one I really took kind of reverse engineering from just great all the great jazz musicians that we know, um, mm. and including yourself, Adam. Like you, you're somebody that's very interested in uh, learning things from wherever you can can get them and you're in the habit of that so it's not like you have to work at it that's the great thing about a habit it's like it's you true. just do it and like and and look we're not all going to be great at all these it doesn't matter it's just you're in the habit of doing it you're like it's part of the process so um i think there's so much that we can learn from from looking uh you know to other especially within the artistic world looking at other areas and you see the, the history of that you know john coltrane and Thelonious Monk and, and Miles Davis and like, you know, being interested in the different arts and then being able to bring that back. Once you become habitual about that, you're going to find your own path with that and you're going to find a way for that to inform you as a great improviser. Yeah, the key with any habit like this and, and, and especially with something like a broad worldview about, about really being curious is what you're talking yeah. about here. The key is you have to convince yourself why this is important and you have to balance like you know, does this in the long run, does this make me net, you know, you can say happier or have more well-being? And uh, for me, I've already approached this question and there's no doubt about it, that I know that if I'm curious, if I'm looking into things that, uh, that I, I am interested in, if I really go on deep dives that I know I love to do, it makes me happier in the long run, even if it's a little more work in the short run or whatever. So if you can convince yourself, whatever, of any of these habits or yeah. whatever, if you can, if you can talk your subconscious into the fact that this actually does me a net good, even though this might be, uh, uh the, the net good might not be obvious in the short yeah. term, but in the long term it does. That's the key to maintaining regular habits. Yeah, and I think part of this one, too, is just, like, it's not being in a box of, like, everything we have to know to be a great jazz player is, is in the, the jazz records. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I know we talked about that the first three, but this is why I wanted us to get out of that. It's like, if there's a po- I mean, like, I'm very influenced by some of the podcasts, which I almost think are, like, listening to old-time radio in a way, where you got the spoken word, books that we read. We're not always reading. I mean, yeah, we're reading about music. We're reading about arts, but we're reading about other things. You know, the, the habit of a great effective jazz musician is can take all these things and boil them down to not only improving themselves, but informing their art so that their so that our story is more interesting that we have to tell. Yeah, we're using the practice and listening to figure out how to translate into that the music. But if we don't have anything to say by having a broad, broad, expansive worldview, then we're not going to have anything to say. That's so true, man. Number five, have the habit of execution and completion. You have to fully learn your craft so that you have the freedom in the moment to be a complete and confident improviser. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. You said it exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, no, that, that that's really it. Like, sometimes we think about, um, you know, 
like people always ask about uh, learning solos, and I know you're doing with the GPS group, you know, working on specific solos and stuff. How much do I have to learn? How much do I have to do? You know, I, I think in, in general, we want to really execute to completion. Now, that your goal might be just one course or whatever, but, but this is not the kind of stuff in general, or say learning scales and stuff, that you're rewarded for having the habit of like, getting 80% right or 70% right. You really want to try to hit 100% on most things because once you're in the moment, remember, we're always talking about you're going to throw all that out the window. You're not throwing it out. You're throwing out the conscious usage of it. So the better that you know your scales, your uh, technique, your the tunes, the form, oh, man, that, th- this one really applies to learning tunes. Like, do you want to learn a tune 90%? Now, we've all done that because we get yeah, rushed yeah. or whatever. It's not as fun, right? It's when you know it 100%. Like you really know it like the back of your hand. Then you've got freedom. Then you can really live in the moment and be a great improviser. A lot of times people kind of misconstrue being a jazz musician and like, oh, you don't have to really know it because you're making it up, dude. Why am I no, talking not, like a West Coast dude? I don't, I don't know. The, the, the truth is, though, is great improvisers know more about the inner workings of the music going on than almost any, uh, really more than any other kind of musician. Exactly. They know exactly what everybody's doing. Exactly. Exactly the options, every single option that the music contains, yep. you know, the, the masters do. I'm always amazed, so think, like, when I'll talk to somebody like Christian McBride or whatever, and, like, the recordings that he knows, which is a lot, like, he knows every, like, drum feel. Like, he could, I mean, he just knows it. He's gotten in that habit. And so if yeah. you want to be like a great jazz musician, get in the habit of really executing and completing your learning. And, you know, if you go through these early ones, listening and practice, that's going to happen. One caveat to this, though, is you brought it up when you during the first part of this number five. And that's, you know, this is where short term goals become very important. Right. Because it's not like you have to execute and complete the entire system of drop two chords <laughs> over every chord before you can move on to something else. That's right. not what we're talking about here. But if you say, I want to learn, you know, these five drop two chords on D minor, yeah. make sure you know them, like really spend your time. Yeah. And that's your short term goal. And now you have those on D minor. Right. Set your longer term goals after that. Well, now I want them for G minor and C minor and F minor. OK, cool. But then tick those boxes when you get them. You don't have to learn the entire breadth of one subject before you move on to the others. But set short term goals for these things like, all right, I need to learn like I want to learn 30 tunes this year. That doesn't mean you have to learn 30 tunes today. No. You know, you can learn one tune every two weeks and get close to that. You know what right. I mean? And that's if, if you're ticking off that that short term goal box, that's execution and completion. Yeah. And actually, if you're doing this right, you're it's going to feel like you're going slower than maybe you could. But by right. completely learning things by, by necessity, you're going to go slower, but you're going to learn it deeper and more completely. Number six, I love it because, you know, we know it here. We know it in St. Louis, man. Oh, come we know, on. We know number, what number six is all about. Man, it's a they groove They know it in New Orleans. Yeah. They Anything. know it everywhere. Number six is groove. Yeah. There is no substitute for having a strong groove. There just isn't. No. No. It's, it's, and, and the habit that really gets you this and keeps, and, and keeps it for you is, is the habit of listening and learning and being able to dance to and, and to sit in different kinds of grooves so you have to pay attention and listen and practice and like just prioritize is really what it is because it's kind of like this is an area where people think oh this is not like it's a habit you're born with it or not au contraire mon frere if if you don't mind me slipping into the habit of french as i occasionally do but um you know this is something that you have to spend 
the time honoring it. And as you say, yeah, certain places in the world, St. Louis, New Orleans, Brazil, Italy, the different places that it's like, wow, those people are so musical. No, they just pay attention to groove and their music yeah. more than other places. It's just, they just put more priority of it. Yeah. And I would say that a lot of, a lot of beginner and intermediate students that I deal with, they're probably 70, 30, uh, like theory, scales, harmony, right. 70 rhythm and time and groove 30 yeah and i always advise you need to flip that right like you need to spend 70 percent on rhythm on groove on making it feel good and you can play the freaking blues scale over all that it's gonna that's sound right. awesome that's you right. know what i mean right yeah and so like like you know like you say they, they're they're prioritizing theory scales and and that's all great stuff but if you if you prioritize that too much and you don't give equal if not even more uh, priority to groove that part of you know you're not going to be in the habit of prioritizing it and then it's just not going to be something that you're confident in and um yeah that's it what we got Ooh. for number seven number seven is empathy now this one is a tough one yes. because this means you got to work on yourself as a person yeah. and that's not fun <laughs> right but i yeah exactly but i think this is the one this this links in and i wanted to have it at the end number seven because it really links in with number one listen uh, the most because it's the ability to understand and share in the feelings of others and how can you do that if you if you can't listen to them you know on a musical level uh, so this is so important because this is and, and this is not just when you're playing with other people this is if you're playing solo piano solo guitar or or, or, or with others it's even more important but it's all about like how you can interpret a story your story which really becomes this, you know what it is it's like the difference between I'm telling my story instead of I'm telling our story and that's yeah. like you can never really connect with an audience until you're telling our story. It, it might be your story, your improvised story, but if you're not willing to share it and you have to have empathy for other people and be able to connect mm. with them in that way in order to do that, then you're inviting the listener in. Right. So but that takes listening. It takes, you know, learning from. I mean, it's a lot of things, but empathy in general is definitely something that we can get in the habit of. And it takes confidence. It takes confidence yeah. to be able to tell your story in, in the context of something that's universal for everybody else. I think yeah. it's, that's such a great thing. That's, that's very, a very high-level artistic thing, man. And you're so great at that. Um, that's awesome. I don't so, know. So again, I wasn't listening to you. I'm not being very empathetic, so I didn't, I didn't hear what you just said. <laughs> so let's just give it a rundown here. The seven, highly, uh, seven habits of highly effective jazz musicians. Number one, listen. Number two, practice. Number three, be social. Number four, have a broad worldview. Number five, have the habit of execution and completion. Get down, give me number 20. I'm oh, sorry. Number six, the groove. Right. And number seven is to have empathy. I think that's a fantastic list. Yeah. Well, uh, this, this was fun. We're also brought to you by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com and check out the Piano Access Pass. If you're a piano player, you really can't get a better... Uh, a course of courses. I hate to even say it like that, but it's true. There's, there's nothing, and I'm not even being braggadocious here. There's really nothing like the Piano Access Pass on the internet. I mean, we, I think we have outdone ourselves there, and our, our members of the Piano Access Pass are loving uh, all of the new courses. We've recorded, we've recorded a bunch of new stuff this year that you can only get on the Piano Access Pass, so yep. go check it out, openstudiojazz.com slash Piano Access Pass. It's like, it's like the McDonald's in the early 2000s. I'm loving it. Okay. You'll hear it. <laughs>